I'm Joanne Wilson, and this is Positively Gotham Gal. Real, honest, and meaningful conversations with women entrepreneurs about their approach to life, business, and everything in between. Sally Poblet is founder and CEO of Wealthy, a small group benefits marketplace that connects carriers, brokers, and small business owners. Sally and I spoke about her wildly successful history as a businesswoman and how she decided to start her last venture. You've always been in healthcare. I have. I have. My you entire have. career. It's your whole career. Yes. Now, where did you grow up? Did you grow up in Syria? Yeah. So, no, I did not. I grew up in the Philippines. I was born and raised there. I came here well, raised by a single mom and my grandmother. And I came here when I was 16. Wow. My parents thought that I will benefit from a U.S. college education. Well, obviously so you did. I, I came. You totally did. So you you, came, you grew up in the Philippines. Uh-huh. Do you still have family there? Tons of family. Tons, Tons so of family. You, you came over here with your mom? Uh, or by yourself? By myself. Well, my mom and dad had already migrated here, and then okay. I followed when I was done high school. So how long have they been here for? Um, probably a decade or so beforehand. Right. right. So you're living with your grandmother. Yeah. Which is very typical. Typical. Exactly. Very typical. I was raised by an extended family since my mom was a single mom. So she was went to grad school and worked during the day. And so I was around grandparents, uncles, aunts. And that was just the way it was. That so was I think, um, yeah, that actually formed a lot of my uh, interest in healthcare, having having grown up with with my grandparents and um, yeah. And so did you go through formative. different times when you were in the Philippines in terms of like the governments? Um, um, Marcos regime, pretty much, and then after Marcos. Yeah. Um, but I was too young to kind of really understand or all of that. I would just... Uh, There's a documentary coming out of it. Is that right? Yes. Uh, I saw the previews. It looks really good. Cool. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, I just remember not having much. I just remember not having a television, not having a car. You know, I ate three meals a day, but I wasn't... Thinking we about it. So not. when you came over here, your parents were in New York? My mom was in Brooklyn and yeah, she had whatever two jobs and I came and was it uh, just like mind boggling and sixteen years old, you're like 16. you're pretty mature. I I I just uh, my mind exploded both in terms of the abundance that is here, but also just the culture change and I mean, as a going teenager into a grocery store. Exactly. Like <laughs> Exactly. Just having all of that, you know, extra large sizes of everything was was mind blowing. Um, and as a teenager, it was awkward and and strange and strange. And I didn't have the right, you know, I still had a accent and my clothes weren't right. And I just was a misfit. Right. But you eventually figured it out. <laughs> I eventually figured it out. I eventually, uh, well, got into NYU. And when I got into NYU, I then felt at home because then my first friend was Turkish and my other friend was from, you know, Bangladesh and wherever else they were from. And so we were all like, oh, okay. Okay. Um, we're all, immig- we're basically all immigrants that's and we're right. in the we're city all together. And- so where'd you go to high school here? Um, I only did one uh, post-grad year in a private school in Princeton, which was... Uh, yeah, a, a culture shock. So, oh, that had to be a culture shock. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I think I'd find it a culture shock. And so then you went to NYU, and what did you? Did I you- studied um, business, okay. um, and I'll I'll say that the the I studied business. I I loved it. I um, chose to be. I ran for president of the Entrepreneurial Exchange Club. I love President it. of the Student Council for two terms uh, when I was an undergrad, and I just really found myself there and 
found energy and, uh, you know, all of the opportunity. And when um, you got out of school, did you start working in the medical yeah, space? So, uh, so my father, who divorced from my mom, owned a home health business in Trenton, serving inner city, aging uh, older adults who needed help with their daily living and kind of um, just assistance with getting around, mostly, you know, poor and sick and old and are our, my dad's small company provided um, healthcare to them at home. Wow. And I was 21. Um, and my dad said, here are the keys. You must know something because you graduated with an undergraduate degree in, biz- in business. So you figure it out. And I'll say that that was a very, very formative job because at 21, I was responsible for a payroll of 200 people. That's pretty incredible. And I didn't like I didn't really realize the responsibility of that job at the time. And now I do where, you know, most of the people who were there, you know, obviously had families. They were much, you know, twice, three times my age and they were working as um, home health aides and nurses. That's um, pretty. So your father, obviously very entrepreneurial, very entrepreneurial and just yep. gave you the keys and said, you continue. Here's yeah. The, you here's figure the it out. Um, the company was also in a, in a, a pretty massive decline at the time. And so he also said, go figure that out. <laughs> so it's like, great. How, you know, I didn't quite have all of the, I didn't learn all of those things from, from NYU. Um, no, you but learned I'll, that I'll working. Figure that out. When I graduated from school, I uh, went to work at Macy's when Macy's was mm-hmm. like where you wanted to go if you're in retail. Yeah. And my first job, 21 years old, I was responsible for 150 women and profit and loss in the department. And I didn't – I look back and think, that's amazing. Yeah. But it was an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. And so how long did you you, you brute that out? Yeah, I did that for about four years and got the company out. I turned it around. Good Absolutely. We got into new sources of, of revenue and, and grew the company. But, you know, I wanted to go back to school. So I went to Wharton and got my MBA in healthcare management. And well, they um, must have been like that, that alone. Would get you in the door. So, and and I, you know, unlike the investment bankers and the consulting uh, folks who applied, I just had a different story of I, you know, completely worked with worked in this kind of environment. So it was uh, also a great experience. Um, And throughout my time there, I was always always seeking startups and always seeking where can I build. I realized early that I had that DNA and that I just need to be in a creative um, building environment. Mm -hmm. So between my first and second year, I found an internship. Um, Again, I kind of against the grain of everyone looking for investment banking, consulting roles, and worked at a startup called Medscape, um, which at the time was uh, building a consumer portal. It was very tiny. And uh, (laughs) and I'll say that because the founder, you know, I was an internship uh, and I, you know, met the founder maybe two or three times, um, uh, Peter Fishoff, and um, the story will come back. Uh, he'll come come back later. Um, and great internship. Um, and then after graduation, I uh, worked um, for another startup, health insurance company called um, Health Markets in Connecticut, that was founded by um, the founder of Oxford Health Plans. And did you ever think, you know, all right, here I am in graduate school. And I've like literally run and built, rebuilt a company for four mm-hmm. years. And um, maybe I want to be entrepreneurial, but I want to get out of the healthcare business. Did you ever think about that, like a different vertical? No, uh, Joanne, I, I didn't. I think the first job, again, working in healthcare um, for, again, this uh, elderly population, 
it just it made me feel so good and it um it touched the nerve where i knew i was well i was in a for profit entity you know we were trying to grow and 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 build a business but i also was making an impact a tangible impact in people's lives and i thought that was really cool it is really and cool and that i there's some meaning and purpose beyond getting revenues and getting profits that that just it, it, it satisfied um, a big part of of you know w- what I wanted to do with my life. So I I always just wanted to continue to do that and find different ways that I could make an impact. Right, that yeah. makes sense. I mean, there is health, you know. Yeah, yeah. and it's <laughs> and it's enormous and sort of at any different angle of that industry, you could find a way to make a difference. Right. Um, it's also very broken, as we all know. So oh my God, it's so broken. I mean, <laughs> I mean we, every, we can do, it correct. is so broken. It yeah. is, and I, I've talked to so many people who are in the industry mm-hmm. that are, you know, very high in their jobs mm-hmm. and, um, no one doesn't agree that it must be changed. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And there's not one angle and there's not one side and there's not one it's like education. right or answer. There's not a silver bullet. Correct. There's going to be multiple. Yep. So you left and you went after Medscape and you then went to a startup. To I went to a startup, startup health insurance company where I, I mean, I did the, whatever needed to be done to build an insurance company. And it was a really amazing experience. Well funded, you know, startup uh, founded by a, you know, serial entrepreneur. And I got to see that. What did um, you do there? Um, I did marketing, product, business development, operations. Anything Again, you could stick your finger in. Everything I could stick my finger in. And I just, whenever anything needed to be done, I said, me, I'll do that. And I learned a ton from kind of all of those experiences. Um, and then I um, decided to start a company based in the Philippines, recruiting nurses from the Philippines. So kind of going back to uh, back to my roots in a way. And I had connections there. And when um, was the last time you had been there? Um, a while, I guess, a couple of years. But I went back to kind of uh, connect with people. I wanted to build a call center based in the Philippines with nurses. And then I would run the operations here and connect with, uh, you know, healthcare companies here. It's a, a great year way in. to give money back to yeah, your country as yeah. well. Yeah, and I, I kind of felt that kind of giving back aspect, but also that there was so much benefit for the U.S.-based companies to let kind of do labor arbitrage with uh, nurses in the Philippines. Uh, a year into it, I uh, did not uh, get anywhere. Um, I couldn't get the traction with sales. Um, and I think thinking back, I think my timing might have been a bit too early okay. um, well, because now there's so many companies right. doing that um, with nurses in the Philippines. And yet I was like, okay, you know what? I tried it. It, it I didn't get the traction. So let me go, go Try something else. keep working. Um, I decided, you know, that's pretty amazing because I will say that's the one consistent theme that I see more with women founders is that they don't let go. Hmm. And I think it's really important at one point to say, this isn't working. Yeah. It's not working. And, um, you know, it's okay mm-hmm. that it's not working versus just continuing to try because there are certain milestones you kind of want to reach. Yeah. And if you can't get there, it's time to move on to a, nif- a different idea. Yeah. Yeah. And and I was, you know, in my 20s, so I had kind of my whole 
future ahead of me. So I went to uh, go back to insurance. I said, I need to figure out how healthcare is paid for in America because as an entrepreneur, I will, that like, that's the, that's how I need to tap that, right? How, how things are paid for um, and figure out the revenue model effectively. So I got a job at the local uh, Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield, which was then in, in soon after acquired by Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield. And I went from a kind of having a product role um, in the local plan to a national role. And that was a, you know, great promotion for me. I climbed the corporate ladder. I was very successful I'm building sure products. Were. But and, how did you like being in corporate America? Um, well, I learned different skills. I learned, I was building, so that satisfied my DNA. I was building products. We were launching new things. We were working with customers and I was very creative. I was an entrepreneur within the organization. And then I was learning different skills about, you know, um, persuasion and patience and budgeting and and politics (laughs) and all of that. Um, And I really surprised myself that I, you know, stayed uh, for eight years. And I, I would say I was having fun. I really um, actually kept left. Up the corporate I ladder. kept moving up the corporate ladder, and um, I, I was, I was working with great people, people who were committed in committed to, to kind of doing doing good things. So um, all of that is good. This was also around the time of um, a lot of regulatory change. Affordable Care Act was passed. There was a lot of. Uh, change in the industry. And I kind of felt the stirring of, okay, you know, if I don't, now is probably the time to start a company again. If if I don't do it, when am I going to do it? I'm never going to do it because I'm so, I, I'm successful here. Golden handcuffs. Um, golden handcuffs, nice office. Every, I mean, like and paycheck age. and all of that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that statistically, most women entrepreneurs in the past, mm-hmm. although the numbers are probably still there because, you know, we just happen to live in a city where we see all the mm-hmm. youth and the entrepreneurs, start um, companies older mm-hmm. when they have enough under their belt and they feel that they're ready to make the leap. Mm-hmm. And so I, so I, at the time, also had my second child. Um, I was 40. And um, I was home. I was in mater- on maternity leave. I was, you know nursing my my newborn and I just couldn't get out of my head that this was the time it just kept coming back to me like this is the time Sally and I had all of these ideas I, I guess you know giving birth is a creative uh, yes, it, it is, is. The, right, quintessential creative uh, activity that I was just like uh, so many ideas were popping in my head and I said this is the time and then my other voice was like, are you kidding me? You, you <laughs> just had a baby. You have a great job. You can work from home. You can stay home for a bit. Like you have all of the infrastructure to have a kind of calm ramp up back to work. What are you thinking? And so that internal debate. People on both sides of your shoulders. Yes. You. <laughs> yes. And then I was like, but I could start this, but this is a problem. But Look, I um, received all of these EOBs from my insurance company, and we had good insurance, um, and all of this paperwork, and it was all convoluted. And and I said, you know, if I, as an expert, am having to deal with this crap, 
Um, <laughs> what about all of the other people who don't know which end is up right. and they are, you know, they don't know. So I, I have to, I felt like I had to take. You got to fix it. <laughs> the expertise that I had gained over the decade to doing something. So I, you know, called my boss and I said, okay, I'm sorry. I think I'm going to, I'm going to not come back. And I just decided from that point that I would start a new company. I wasn't quite sure what and where, but I just knew that if I didn't do it then, that I probably never it, would. Never would, because again, I it, it was a very comfortable right. and the timing was perfect. T- timing was perfect, and thankfully, and I must say, my husband has been an incredible partner throughout all of this. Was to he say, telling you to jump, or was you just hanging back? He was he was hanging back. He was like, you know what, Sally, you'll you'll figure it out and um, do what makes you happy. Do what makes you happy, and you know, share the respon- he, you know, share the responsibility of of caring for our newborn while also working and doing all that. And so I went from right cushy office with an assistant with a nice view to you know working at a Starbucks, <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out what am I going to do. Um, but it, it was the best decision I ever made. It totally was. Yeah. So now, how did you start? Yeah. So I basically started from. Um, the concept of um, people can't understand what they're buying. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't know where to go, what to do. And so I wanted to fix the kind of that first experience that people have with their insurance. Um, and in terms of customers and how I got into it, I just basically called my network. So having been in the industry, I called my network and I said, this is a problem for you within your insurance company. And if so, how can I help? And started um, drawing and mapping out kind of different visuals, and, um, and figuring I out got, what the problem was exactly. And so it was a more organic way of starting rather than a kind of perfect idea that I went to get venture capital right. for. I, well, you were figuring out you were really solving a problem that was in your life, mm-hmm. and then looking at it in other people's lives, mm-hmm. and kind of through that, were able to did your A/B testing. Yes, in order to figure out what exactly was the hole. Exactly. And I did a whole lot of, got a lot of people saying, no, that's a terrible idea. Yes, this is what I need and a lot of iteration. But what was key was I got a client. I got a big a company to pay, to who basically- To pay you. To pay, and and he, he looked at the slides and he said, yeah, I need that. Can you build that for me? And I'm going to pay you to do that. And um, that was really uh, an incredible, you know, vote of confidence and trust that, you know, it was. And then I, from that, that customer hired the developers to, to build it. And then we were, we were off to the races. getting another customer and another customer from there. So tell us exactly what it does. Sure. So what we do is we automate the distribution process at buying and selling of insurance. So we are the retail store, online digital retail store for insurance companies. Um, we started doing that um, in the individual market, and we have since expanded to also include small businesses, so catering to small businesses. The current process, if you are a small business and you want to buy insurance, is very much like paper-based, a lot of phone calls, a lot of faxing things before you could even understand what the price is of any 
uh, plan that you want to offer to your employees. employees. And we have um, automated that into a, you can get it in, in a essentially like five seconds, 10 seconds. And then we have also in a similarly um, like kayak, we have aggregated supply merchandise um, in nationally into one store so that um, anyone can go and essentially quote anywhere in the country. Um, that previously has been, you know, very opaque, very hard to find. Yes. And you need to get a licensed broker who will then kind of dig it up and call up the care insurance companies to be to able to give you that quote. So now you can go into the marketplace and you can actually see what's going on. Correct. Correct. And so are you doing now business with large enterprise companies or are you just, it's really the marketplace that you're focusing yeah, on? Yeah. So that's a the great question, Joanne. And, and one that like as a, as an entrepreneur, I am... Uh, grappling we're, with. We're grappling mm-hmm. with. So we have been historically for the past six years been a B2B company. We have served insurance companies. We have served their, you know, agents and brokers. And I know how to do that. Like we know how to do that. Right. We've been successful at it. We serve the largest insurance companies today. And um, I see an opportunity to bring all of our assets, our technology, and our data directly to the business owners because mm-hmm. um, they don't have that support. And we can provide that support, that data, that experience for them. Um, and that's not so much maybe it's a pivot or or an expansion, but that's a whole nother kind it's of a whole different business, kind of business, whole nother kind well, of way to sell. you put it under your umbrella. Put it under our umbrella. Um, so, so now the dilemma is: Can we do both? Is it possible to do both? Right, same technology, same data, same assets, but a whole different go-to-market, whole different marketing, whole different way to sell and service. Um, that is a net new experience for me. Right. So that that I'm very excited about, but certainly one filled with a lot of you know uh, a whole nother learning curve. Right. Um, when you've gone out and raised money. Yes. Uh, oh boy. So <laughs> talk about raising money. That's not been um, my favorite thing to do. I don't think it's anyone's. Uh, just noting. <laughs> uh, you know, I uh, bootstrapped and uh, for a couple of years got so back to Peter, my uh, the founder of where I summer intern. He became my first investor. I love it. Um, and then went back to essentially my mentors, former bosses. And, and those people and said, hey, I'm doing this. And they said, you know, okay, here's, here's a check. And that was um, what got us going. And then just a couple of years ago, we raised our Series A with institutional investors. Um, long, long, <laughs> arduous process. Yes, it is. Um, and I'll say that we ultimately found partners who are in insure tech. So they understand insurance. They're from the industry. They're, you know, VCs. Um, uh, one is a strategic. Advice. Also patient, also understands the pace of change in the industry. That right. Doesn't it, happen overnight. It doesn't hope, happen overnight and lots of industry connections. So I kind of did the rounds with typical tech VCs and found that, that I mm-hmm. resonated with more of the um, VCs coming from the industry who really understood and could support Makes what sense. we were trying to do. I think we're seeing that in general is that – there was a lot of generalists going on uh, years and years ago, and now we're seeing more 
you know, desire that, you know, like what you've done, your whole life has been in healthcare, right? Mm-hmm. If you're an investor, you want to see someone who really understands what you're doing, mm-hmm. not someone who just says, wow, you know, why can't we get this out of insurance? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to build something with absolutely no understanding of the industry. Mm-hmm. And I think that was just much more appealing 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's as appealing as it is today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then going into this next chapter of our evolution and, you know, uh, contemplating this D2C entrance now, I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe that's a different kind of a set of partners and investors that we want to attract uh, going forward to kind of augment and and really, um, you know, help us um, do this well. Um, I have a lot of vision for really bringing a whole health and wealth uh, marketplace to small businesses who are, you know, trying to get a lot of things done, trying to get, take care of their employees, trying to just, um, you know, understand uh, all of their options, maximize their budget. Um, they have a lot of insurance needs. And so we want to find, create a place for them to be able to get all of those solutions and that advice. Um, so digitally, but with the uh, expertise of people who who know the industry to, to help them navigate. So you have been in this world for so long. You know, how do you think you solve healthcare? Oh boy. Um, well, I, I, I do think it takes a village. I do think it takes a combination of innovators and incumbents to work together. Um, I do really like how Amazon and Walmart and others are entering the industry. So do I. Because it is creating a lot of pressure for the, you know, big behemoths to change, both in the insurance space and the, right, in the pharma space, and then as well as in the delivery space. Right. So it is creating that that tension and that competition. um, And and I think really encouraging lots more entrepreneurs, younger entrepreneurs to get in and and create new solutions and really asking for the incumbents to uh, be more open and humble about what it is that they do well and things that they need some help on mm-hmm. so that they can bring in more of that outside kind of influence to help shake things up. Yeah, it is interesting, the whole Amazon and um, Walmart and um, who else? Is no, there? Best Buy's uh, and, and, just said. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, I mean, even going back to the car mm-hmm. is the there was a point where the car companies, the only reason they literally were surviving is to pay for healthcare for their employees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so there's so many employees in these companies, you know, financially it makes sense in many ways for them to fund their own healthcare. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? Um, because, and even the government to become more um, competitive, forcing everyone to drop their prices as they enter the market and you can get their healthcare, which would be just as good as Blue Cross Mm -hmm. Blue Shield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, looking at the Walmart list of prices, I could get a right mental health visit for 50 bucks. I was like, hey, that's fantastic. And that's obviously a whole, there's a lot more to it that Walmart had to do to kind of even publish a price like that. But the the point on pricing pressure is it it is um, it's just forcing all of us to consider you know lowering prices at the same time really innovating on the consu- improving the consumer experience creating much more simplicity and yes. convenience and transparency across the board right. that that consumers expect and proactive healthcare mm-hmm. you know I think that as a country we've been more about. Um, you get sick, now we take care mm-hmm. of you. You know, why aren't we giving um, people the ability to talk to 
psychologists or Mm -hmm. go and make sure that you're working out all the time or eating healthy or all these things that help with that cost money now that won't cost as much money later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, this, the system is just insane. It is in, it is insane. And so it's a long road. Um, and, and, you know, I've, uh, continue to be really dedicated to being a part of it and being, uh, an innovator within the industry. Yeah. No. And it's great. And it's wealthy. Yes. W E L L T H I E slash small business for, for, for any small, small businesses, businesses that want to will be interesting to see how you grow. Thank but you. But I would think that that marketplace would also help you be better with your enterprise. And so I don't think of it as pivoting. I think of it as evolving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I'd like to think that too. And, um, you know, my certainly advisors just keep saying, Sally, it's not the same thing, you know, so you kind of got to attract the talent who right. know how to do that well. Yeah, but you've been at this well. for six years. It's not like you're trying to do both at the same time. Yes. You already have a significant business in one. Yes. So that's very different. Yeah. At least I think so. Great. <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming. Thank you so much. And it's really so amazing fun. what you've done. Thank you. Thank you so much. Great. Yeah. Thank you to Sally for joining me on the podcast this week. If you're looking for health insurance benefits or would like to learn more about Wealthy, visit www.wealthy.com. W-E-L-L-T-H-I-E. 